0: Hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll find a place for you to take that load off. The boys are just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ, and it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And i tell you what, You came at a great time, too. The boys are walking through the entire Bible from cover to cover, one story at a time. Speaking of stories, we'd love to hear yours. So why don't you tell us all about it in that box below called Comments. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called Subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the dole. I got to go. Those boys better get to lay down and get going. This crowd seems restless. I'm coming. I'm coming. Order up. Okay, so today we are going to do chapter 18. So the other half of chapter 18, our last episode we talked about God coming back. Basically, the Christophany—I like that word. We're going to use that a lot. The Christophany, which just means when Jesus showed Himself before He was He before He became human flesh and was born in a manger. Last time we did uh, Chapter 18, verses 1 through 15, and that was where basically Jesus showed Himself with apparently a couple of angels. And they just walked by Abraham's tent. And then he came out, had a whole bunch of hospitality, helped him out, like let him rest, gave him some water, gave him something to eat, yada, yada. And then Sarah, in her heart, didn't believe the promise. So got there was a conversation there, a short conversation there, uh, about God being able to do anything. Verse 16, uh, let me just start reading this just a little bit, and then we'll kind of walk into this. And I don't know how this is going to go, because... This is very interesting, and I think it's telling. This is kind of almost like a part two of Abraham and his attitude toward other people. So this is after they, they had the conversation after the, these three men, apparently Jesus and a couple angels. Verse 16 says, Then the men rose from there and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Okay, so... Right now, the the men are like, okay, hey, thanks for the hospitality. They get up. They're like, okay, we got to go. And they start walking to Sodom, the city, Sodom. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his house and I'm sorry and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him okay so re- basically these three men they get up they walk out and apparently Jesus or the the manifestation of Jesus says okay listen I can't hold this from my servant or my friend Abraham because he's going to be great. His children are going to be great. They have to know what is about to happen. So the two angels apparently keep going. So he stops and he start, strikes up this conversation with Abraham. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me and if not I will know. So in other words what he's saying is saying there's a great cry of sin coming from Sodom and Gomorrah and so that's what he's doing. He's like I have to go down there and check this out personally. Verse 22. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. This is what I'm saying. The angels apparently just kept going. But Abraham still stood before the Lord and Abraham came near and said would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked and let's stop right there because the whole rest of the conversation all the way to the last verse is abraham trying to convince god that he should not do this because first he says if you find 50 will you not judge that city and then God says, yes, if I find 50 righteous in that city, or in those those cities, those couple cities, then I will not destroy the cities. And then Abraham keeps going on. He's got to be like a, a master. Um, what is it what, when you when you try haggler? He's got to be a master haggler, because then he talks to God again and says, well, what about 45? And he says, God says, okay, yeah, 45. And then Abraham goes, well, what about 40? What about 30? What about 20? What about 10? And God says, okay, if I find so much as ten righteous in that city, I will not destroy those cities. Now that's a that's a very quick flyby with that, but I want to where what out of that story, that very very rapid reading of that story, what really stuck out in your guys' minds?
1: Well, one, he actually got him away from his wife. Two, he actually tried to inform him. Of what was going on to either, so he could either move his situation, help the situation, or just stay away from it.
0: Okay. So what 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 do you mean by take him or pull him away from his wife?
1: Because if you think about it, they actually walked away and he's like, you know what? I got to tell this fool what's going on. Right. I got to let him know. There's about to be some bad stuff going on. Just want to let you know. Keep it on the DL. All right, I'll be back. You know, right, right. I'm about to do some gangster stuff. You don't want to be involved. <laughs> so they are, are what, keep, keep your distance. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I found it, it was interesting that he, he gave a reason. He gave a reason that he, uh,
0: he why he's going want... down there.
2: Yeah, he knows. He knows what's going to happen. God knows. God knows what he was going to find when he got there. Because he knows he was going to be great. Because he knows that through his line is where Jesus is going to come from. He trusts him. He knows he's going to be a great nation. So he wants to explain listen, I went with this intent. Because this was not met, this is why this happened. It wasn't like. Lot could have sent him a text real quick, hey, these guys showed up. They're looking for ten, you know, uh, ten righteous <laughs> guys. Get your guys down here quick. And I think the haggle was because you know, the the whole fatherly the the patriarchy kicked in, he knows Lot is out there. He doesn't know how successful Lot is. He doesn't know how great his influence is. He doesn't oh. know exactly how well he's doing. So he knows at least Lot and his wife and his daughters and his daughters daughters husbands possibly. He gets it down to a family unit where if my family is is uh, if my family is righteous, will you then still destroy the city? Because he wouldn't have asked about the righteous if he didn't have a personal um, claim in that city, which was his nephew, which he and you know it's his his dead brother's son that he helped raise. He helped teach in the way things are supposed to go. So now, oh, well, they're going to Sodom? Well, Lot camped right outside of Sodom. You know, how well he's doing, I, I, I don't know how he's doing, but if you can at least find a a, a group as small as his family, will you kill them too because of everyone else is there? And um, I think that's where God was getting on a personal level with, with Abraham, where he says, listen, if if Lot's family is okay, if all of Lot's family is righteous and cool, I'm I'm not gonna wipe him off the face. Ended up happening, but you know at this point, God is you know God and Abraham are talking as friends, and Abraham is hoping for the best that Lot had learned from his lead.
0: Right, and I I think that's perfect, because because that I mean that he does he had an invested family members there and. Up to this point, it's probably been, if I were to guess, just numerically speaking, based upon these small dates of ages and stuff in in these few chapters we've just been through, I think, as was just my guess, I think it's probably been close to 10 or 15 years since he's actually had contact or been directly involved with Lot's life. Because it was almost as though, at least scripture seems to intimate, that they kind of like split up. And then that was it because you have your stuff over here. I have my stuff over here. Now we're going to be in peace together and we'll be fine. You know, so it, it would seem as though, and I, I like what I, the way that you're saying that 10, 10 is at, for back then is it's a very round number for a family. It was not unheard of to have eight children or have four children and all of the children are married off.
1: Shoot. My grandma has seven. Right.
0: My my mom, I believe, has uh, six siblings or seven siblings, and my dad did too. He had like six siblings too.
1: Yeah, yeah. My mom had like five or six. So I mean, and then I just had three. I'm like, oh, okay,
0: right. <laughs> so I know I, that's that's perfect. I think that's a that's a perfect path to go down. But I I don't think personally, and I don't think it was just lot. I think because of the influence that Abraham had on Lot, I think Abraham is assuming that Lot took up the mantle that Abraham gave him, as in the hospitality, the, like, for example, you know how, like, I don't know, several chapters ago, where Abraham said that he, you know, he built an altar here, and then he went to this place and built an altar, and, like, it was Abraham's I don't want to say job, but it was his conviction, maybe, uh, that he were to spread the news of the one true high God. You know, the one true God. Because it was, you know, back then it was not a monotheistic worldview. It was a very polytheistic worldview. So, you know, you have the God of the rocks and the God of the trees and the God of the river. But now there's this man, the very wealthy man, the very rich man, who is loving to everybody around him, who ends up camping in this field, meeting all of the people, you know, the merchants and all the other people around them in the wandering tribes and sharing the gospel of um, the one true God and then building an altar there and teaching them how to worship the one true God. And I'm thinking that he's hoping that that has rubbed off on Lot and therefore maybe there really are other people too who are probably righteous in that city because uh, because of what Abraham has taught Lot.
1: See, now I'm also wondering, because no offense, but I'm thinking this financially, if you're next to a large city and you're a guy that actually gets different goods and everything else, it's kind of like destroying your Walmart next to your own house. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? Well, I, you
0: know, I don't know how close he would have been, too because it seems at least it sounds like cuz you know remember a couple of chapters ago when um Abraham's like if you if you say you go to the west I'll go to the east you yeah. know what I mean like if you say north I will go south you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. it almost sounds like Lot chose to go to the fields next to Sodom yeah. so it almost sounds like Abraham's a bit farther away but uh, i i mean that is a good point though if if they had goods that had that came out of Sodom and Gomorrah i don't know if they did
1: but, I mean, I but know, I'm just saying like, it's, you know, that's a place of business. That's the way I look at it. Even though he's being hospital and a hospi- Ho- has, uh, hospita- hospita- hospitable, hospitable, Man. there we go. Hospitable <laughs> to anybody that comes by. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> we lost that one. <laughs> <laughs> he still has to,
0: uh,
1: he still has to get goods. So how much farther would he have to go to a different city? I don't know. Like I I I don't know if that's the case reason why he wants it, but you know I just want to throw out all the factors like.
0: No, that's an idea.
1: You know what I mean? Family member? Because I I was thinking about it. I was like, so what does he have? What does he have personally into this? Um, invested personally into this to actually want this place not to be destroyed, because you know I'm sorry, we live in small little city one of the other cities just went down. I'm just like, I can go to this place and get that same goods. I can go to this place. And get. and th- Okay, whatever. Go ahead.
0: Well, up. <laughs> well, those cities, it was, it was Sodom, Gomorrah. And I remember we went through this before earlier. Uh, it was Sodom, Gomorrah, Zor, Z-O-A-R. And I think, I want to say there was like five cities around. Um, Sodom and Gomorrah, actually, for those who, for those who don't know, Sodom and Gomorrah is actually, it, it, the all those cities we know where they were at they're in what's now known as the dead sea it's what well, what's the dead sea is what's left of sodom and gomorrah and all those cities around that because it used to be a thriving metropolis that you know because all those cities but i guess i guess my question would be when it comes to those cities how many people live there because do, do you remember earlier like how Sodom and Gomorrah were attacked and then Abraham went out with only 300 dudes and like took back all of the people that were taken from Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and his family. You know what I mean? Like Abraham went out and did that and helped him and brought him back to Sodom and Gomorrah. How many people were there that would have died? Like, I don't know.
1: Well, that was like several chapters ago and he was only. Ex- so back then, I do believe he was 78 in that chapter.
0: But I think I think you're right. I think it was I think it was seventy eight. Okay, so he's seventy eight, and right yeah. now he's what a
1: 100 and something. Right. So that's thirty years, thirty years difference. Okay. So they still actually are able to, re, uh, repopulate, redo this, redo that, and if it's a gr- growing city, people by numbers tend to go to the cities because of jobs, food, availability, Security. and stuff like that. Right. So, you got to think, if they're just sinning to sin anyways, you know, there's a lot more things you could do, like, you know what I mean? Like right bars, restaurants, different things like that.
0: So that, And that's a good point, though, because if back in chapter 14, if he rescued them and he was, you know, let's say 20, between 20 and 30 years, so we'll just toss a number out there, between 20 and 30 years ago... You're right because if those people would have had children just then, twenty years ago, you're talking. They're all they're all adults right now. Twenty-five. Right. So you're, then they're you're having still, children also. Right. So you're still already in. That's that's a good point. You could have almost doubled the population within that time, if not close it close to triple. To triple. Go ahead, Tom.
2: I think that uh, yeah, there's quite a hustle and bustle of people out there, and that. Um, I, th- I think Abraham was well, well off because he is a, you know, a seasoned vet when it comes to surviving and he's wealthy and he has all these, um, manservants and herdsmen and stuff. So I, 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 I thought I remember Ur, er, you are, was like where he was hanging out around last time. And so he knew he was going to be okay and he wouldn't take any spoils from from Sodom from the last time he saved the city.
0: Well, he left the land of Ur. That's where his hometown was. And then he went to Haran, which is where apparently his brother died, which isn't, he's not even in Canaan yet. And then he went down to Canaan, and he's been hanging out, it looks like apparently between Shechem and Hebron.
2: Do you Do you think that Lot would have garnered any kind of um, of get-out-of-jail-free or um, any place of stature of respect because his uncle came and saved the city from then, knowing that he he has relation to powerful people?
1: Hmm. You mean power by association, pretty much?
2: Yeah, because he only got intervened last time to save his nephew, and so now if anything would to happen to his nephew again, Abraham would show up to help his nephew. You know, and and here again he's he's essentially doing the same thing without Lot even knowing, and talking to Christ saying, "I'm speaking out for Sodom. I'm trying to save them again."
0: Oh, so you're talking about With he was interceding for them.
2: Yeah, again, for a second time. So he was, like, sticking his neck out and, and arguing with the Almighty, trying <laughs> to haggle with, with the creator of the world to, to, to save the city. You know, we we know what happens. I, I don't want to give a spoiler alert, but, you know, we know what happens, and, you know, it's like... Uh, Game over. Spoil spoiler, spoiler alert. you know. Jesus, like, I know what's gonna happen, and, and letting him, like, you know, for for Jesus, it was probably like looking at, um, looking at a, a, a small child trying to, I don't know, do something bigger than what he's supposed to be. Like, oh, look at that! Isn't it cute? Like, like watching a, a three year old trying to. to to beat up a, a full grown man. Like, oh, isn't this sweet? He's trying so hard. <laughs> this is kinda cool. Yeah, buddy, yeah. Yeah, if there's, if there's ten good people if there's ten good people I won't I won't destroy the city. Oh aren't you sweet <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: so once you say the effect that it's actually uh well, what are we word are we using? Christophany. Christophany actually looking into his heart. To figure out what his actual true mindset is. Because if you don't actually ask, you're not going to know. Because you can look at him and actually know what's in his heart and what he's going to say. So it's not just, you know what, I'm going to say, I'm going to get up, I'm going to work out. It's him actually going, you know what, let's hear what you have to say and see what you have in your heart. Because otherwise, I'm not going to, you're not true.
0: That That is a good point, although... This time, it does not seem, it seems like the only question that Christ would have asked was up in the beginning, up in 17, where it says, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? That was the only question that seemed to be asked because then later on, Abraham asks, uh, Will you destroy the wicked? Or I'm sorry, would you destroy the righteous for the sake of destroying the wicked? And so I think that's a good point because uh, Christ in this thing, he's trying to see where this is going to lead. You know, it's it does seem, because it doesn't seem like. Because he gave him free will.
1: Because yeah. no matter what, he can choose to go, you know what? That looks like a lot of fun over there in Spottom. You know, let's go hang out with these guys. That looks like fun. Or he can just stay on the path.
0: Right. And, and so like, and I, I guess that's, it does, it kind of seems like Christ is like sitting there like, okay, what else you got? What else you got? What else you got? You know, like kind of like what Tom was saying and what you're saying, like he wants to see how this unfolds. Like, I, I know he knows everything, but you know, like, okay, let's see how this t- 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 t unfolds. And he's trying to intercede for these people and obviously for lot, because I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's the closest thing to his son he's got right now.
2: <laughs> he has Ishmael
0: now. He, he does have Ishmael. Yeah, that is technically true. I'm sorry. Ishmael's probably got
2: Ishmael's probably got no the, the shock of the last chapter by now.
0: Oh, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> 13 years old. Man. uh uh-uh. Happy birthday. she. Yeah, happy birthday. Hey son, go get my sharp knife. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that chapter was behind us, man. <laughs> that that whole time I missed
2: it, so I had to get my dig in a little. bit. <laughs> I know, I know,
0: but that whole time, like, man, I'm cringing like the whole time. I'm like, oh come on, like this chapter is just terrible. But it was a, it was a good reason for those of you who haven't listened to that reason, listen to that chapter, go or that episode. Go ahead and listen to that episode. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> So it, I don't know. It it seems like Abraham's attitude, like, keeps coming out, like his his true attitude, of of what he's trying to accomplish as, quite frankly, a patriarch of an entire nation. I don't know. Does anybody else find this interesting? That, I mean, from from Christ's perspective. Okay, so this is like a Christophany. So Christ coming before he was, you know, Jesus in the flesh type thing. He's actually, he's literally talking to his great, 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 grandpa before he was even born as a human.
2: Well, it makes, it makes me understand how he, even the character of Jesus as raised through, you know, raised by a carpenter, how he still takes time for the kids. You know, suffered a little children to come unto me. He's always wanting to protect them. I don't want to say he learned. He didn't learn anything from from Abraham, but he might have better understood the the human the, the, the frailty of humanness once he became human.
0: Well, and that's the thing is when it comes to that, and I know that this is slightly off topic to the chapter, but I I hope it ties in beautifully. It's Jesus became a human for the sake of saving humanity. Not just, oh, he went, he went to go die on the cross and all that stuff. Like We almost like say that as a mantra, but that wasn't just the point of, of, of him dying. It was the fact that he became a part of humanity, and he did what we as human beings could not do. We could not keep up our end of the promise. We never could, and he did as a human being. And I think it's, it's more than just better understood, Tom. He actually experienced the frailty. And I don't mean he failed as in sin. I mean he became human, and Scripture actually says he was tempted in all things that we were tempted in. So that means that he truly did experience all of, of what humanity experiences outside of actually sinning. That's the only thing. He, he did not experience sin from an experiential standpoint. Only from a, I, I guess you could say, like a theoretical standpoint, he understood that it's out there and people are doing it because he saw it. Um, I don't know. I, just, I find it fascinating that Jesus, he, Jesus here is literally talking to his great-great-great-great-grandpa way before he was ever a human being on this planet. And, and his grandpa, quite frankly, his grandpa is in... And could this be... Just a side note, could this be, and there there are things of, all throughout Scripture, there are, uh, and I don't know the name for this, but there is a name for it. It's when there are Christ-like figures in Scripture. So, like, for example, Moses was a Christ-like figure. Because Moses led the Israelites, and all that he did, like, he was supposed to be killed like when he was a baby he was supposed to be killed but instead he was saved just like jesus was and you know he was trying to be righteous and you know like god god actually made him righteous by by his deeds later but that's that's a whole nother story but what i'm saying is is like abraham here is interceding for a fallen city the same way that christ wants to intercede for an entire fallen humanity that's a good point
2: Abraham interceded once before, and it didn't matter that it got worse. He's still willing to do it again. That's He's still cool. willing to do it again for that one.
0: That's cool. All right, well, then I'll do a quick word of prayer, and I'll close this out. Dear Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for this study. We thank you for this quick run through this part of Genesis, the wonder and the righteousness that... You showed, even in this, in this moment, when a, when a man, a human being, wanted to save other human beings. Uh, Father, I, I pray, Lord, that you'll uh, please keep us safe this evening. And I pray you'll send your Holy Spirit to give us all uh, that little added boost of wisdom tomorrow morning when we, will, when we wake up, Father. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. This has been Justin. This has been Sully. And this is Tom. We will talk to you all later. Well, hello everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now listen, you don't have to go home, but you can not stay here. I'm closing up. And the boys gave me this note to let you know you can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Podcast. Podcast? What are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until, Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. I think There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did... Congratulations! You're one of the few! We love you!